Bay Lake Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Rate, like, and uh, uh, share all of that content, please. Uh, You can also check us out on the Facebook page under Great Lake Sports Network. Lots of good content out and coming your way. Uh, Detroit Lions stuff. I know Ryan, who is with me today, uh, gets to talk about a Detroit Lions victory as they lead the division in that explosive offense. Uh, the Cover 3 podcast by Flipside Sports is also up. Uh, check that out before tonight as we do talk about the Cleveland Steelers game, which nobody's going to watch unless you have a little bit of an investment in that because who wants to watch a game where the over-under set at 37 and a half? If I wanted to see that, I'd watch Iowa football. Um, <laughs> should have some Pistons content coming out uh, with the Bojan Bogdanovic trade. Had a good show with Chris Dan talking about the Tigers' new president of operations. Lots of good – and the wings are getting ready to get started. Lots of good stuff coming down the pipe. So be sure to check us out there. Share each of the individual uh, like rate and uh, share each of the individual podcasts as uh, those are separate. And we can't necessarily tie those together just given the fact we have so many talented people working on that. And like I said, one of those talented people, Ryan McCumber, gets to talk about the Detroit Lions. Ryan, I got a question for you before we get started. Absolutely. Before we talk Michigan State football, do you believe in fate? Because Somewhat. Because I do, and I asked you on this show, and, you know, uh, when was it? Last night? Uh, asked if you wanted to come on with me. Yeah, and last night. 15 minutes before we go on, you being one of – or 30 minutes before we go on, 15 minutes before I got out of work, you being one of the most vocal people against Bo Borowski, though anybody who reps the green and white is uh, anti-Bo – you sent me a message saying that he's going to retire, and I want to get your initial thoughts on that. The best news I have seen in I don't know how long. I was so happy. I could not believe it. I, I was like, I, I saw that tweet, and it was like waking up on Christmas morning. I never have seen Bo Borowski officiate a Michigan State basketball game ever again. It's great. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I sent you that text last night, well, I was watching a on Netflix about Tim Donahue. <laughs> I'm not implying anything, but I'm just saying I believe in that type of stuff with how that worked out. So, I mean, you can kind of tie it all together however you want. This is a great day for Michigan State fans, even though last Saturday was a complete and utter crap show. Um, so the first question that I have for you, because let's be real, I'm going to also ask this question around, I don't know, mid to late October, just with a different team that starts with an M. How good is Minnesota really? I mean, can you really tell? Because they played the worst power five team in the country. I think they played an FCS team and they played New Mexico State. So I do have no idea. I don't well, know. Let me tell you what that FCS team does. That F- gives them 
the worst opening three-week schedule in college football. That F- Even worse than Michigan? Below Michigan, who played the two worst FBS teams in college football. And then UConn, who's insane. what? Lower, lower fifth, top 15 as far as worst teams go. But that FCS team swings it in Minnesota's favor. Which, by the way, if you that are interested crazy. in how bad Michigan's schedule is, you can watch uh, the two worst FBS teams in college football this Saturday. <laughs> but, oh, God. Because they do play each other on a network I've, or an app or whatever that I've never heard of. But, yeah, it, it's difficult. And with it being that tough to tell uh, – Look, this is going to be Minnesota's first test, so it makes it hard to tell. Okay, has Tanner Morgan turned into a – I mean, we all knew he was always efficient, but a quality starter and efficient quarterback in the Big Ten. Maybe relative to Big Ten West quarterbacks, but he's (laughs) – it's not really high bar. Yeah, and I mean, that's what makes it difficult – no Altman Bell, either, as uh, unfortunately for him, his career is over. No, 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 no. no. I, I think I gotta, I gotta point this out. They his season. They, could apply, they said they could apply for a seventh year. They literally yeah. said that in the press conference, which is just insane. Sorry, I meant season. I forgot that he was going the Brandon Boyer Randall route. Um, but no Altman Bell. I think that that. It's going to hurt. But that being said, Minnesota has a lot of success in regard to targeting their tight end, which is an issue because you want to know who gets to guard the tight ends? Linebackers. You want to know who's just terrible in coverage? Cal Halliday. Yeah. And Ben Van Sumeren was not that great either last week. And, you know, Washington made it a point to target those two guys I know uh, safeties can get in on the action a little bit. I'm fine with our safeties in coverage, even though Angelo Gross got burnt a few times against Washington. I'm fine with them in coverage because Xavier Henderson, we don't know if he's going to play or not. And I say that kind of ironically because this is a game you need a Xavier Henderson type. Kendall Brooks is good in pass coverage, and he's better than Xavier Henderson in pass coverage. But Xavier Henderson would absolutely uh, just be a legend against Minnesota's rushing attack and the ability to stuff the box against Mo Ibrahim. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, that... I, I don't know what to think of Minnesota's passing attack, especially since they played nobody. And like you said, Ottman Bell's out for the year, who's their best wide receiver. And I don't think Tanner Morgan's that great. Um, but uh, the run, the, their run game, I mean, I, I, I'm i higher on Mo Ibrahim than a lot more people are. I think Which is weird considering he's sixth in the nation. Right. Rushing. And, and uh, I, I think he's. 
a top two, three back in the Big Ten. I think he's vastly underrated, which is crazy to think about, but I don't think he gets the props he deserves. Oh, he, he's easily number two behind Travion Henderson. You know what? He might even be better than Travion Henderson, just given the talent around. Uh, you look at JSN and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., those guys can tend to spread the field a little bit, make make it easier to find a rushing lane. So, Look, th- this is where this is what it comes down to. Ultimately, you know, I talk about needing Xavier Henderson. The other guy that you're gonna need, you're gonna need Jacob Slade. All right, you might not need Henderson as much because we've not seen Kendall Brooks against a run-heavy team, but you've got to have Jacob Slade occupying those double teams. This this guy is, even though he's been a, a double team to a point that I can't even fully explain on air. Um, he, This guy might be the best defensive tackle in America. Yeah, he, he they, they really missed him on Saturday. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to go as far as you and say he might be the best. I said uh, might DT. be. You did say might. Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but he is definitely a first team all Big Ten type of guy. So, um, and you kind of need him, I feel, in this game, like you said, because you're facing a great rushing attack. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, you're also facing the Big Ten West favorites. Uh, which, I would think. Which, which, again, not a super high bar. Yeah, and that, that's what, and what makes it difficult is Minnesota is a run-heavy team. They're a defensive team, and we don't know how good their defense is either. Because let's be real, you could be matching up strength versus strength. In but if Minnesota's defense is just pathetic, you know Michigan State's offense should just be able to shred it. But we don't know if that's going to be the case. That being said, one thing I want to see. Saturday. One thing that absolutely unequivocally must be done Saturday is this Michigan State team needs to come out just completely on fire, their hair on fire. They need to be physical. They need to be punching Minnesota in the mouth. Because if you come up here and you give me a rat effort on one of just one part of the field, whether it be the secondary, if the defensive line gets pushed around on, uh, the first possession or, you know, secondary gives up a big play, which is obviously possible. Um, You know, the offensive line can't create, you know, half a foot of space for Jalen Berger to try to get loose. If you don't do any of that on the first series, whether you're on offense or defense, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing watching the rest of the season, to be completely honest with you. I mean, the way that they – the offensive line got pushed around in the, in the run game on Saturday was really surprising. Um, I get Michigan State didn't really play anybody, but they seem to be getting at least a push. I get it was against lesser talent, but I wasn't expecting, you know, to have <laughs> – what, what did Jarek Broussard average? 0.5 yards a carry or something? Um, oh, I'm shocked he didn't lose the yards. Yeah, so they got to get that. The offensive line's got some issues, and they got to figure it out fast. Or else, this if they lose this game, man, I I, I can see the season going downhill pretty fast. Yeah, the, this is you know I asked you is what is for the Lions 
in and well wasn't this absolutely is for Michigan State especially if you want to do everything that you're you you know the goals that you had set for you even if it's what the goals the fans had set for you because I think those are always a little bit lower you know you go 11 and 2 as a football team you're like all right next year we're going to win the Big Ten well guess what fans they know you're not going to beat Ohio State and so the goal I think ultimately is have a say in the Big Ten East whether that's finish second or you finish third and you fought like crazy with Michigan and you've put up, you know, at least a half of football against Ohio state. I mean, that that's ultimately what the goal is for Michigan state fans. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I said nine and three before the season. I wasn't expecting them to win the big time. Yeah. And so if you don't come out, physical and punching Minnesota in the mouth, whether you start on offense or you start on defense, um, even if it's, you know, that opening kickoff or whatever, if Minnesota has an opportunity to return it. If you don't, you know, lay the wood after 30 yards or you don't keep them within the 20, like th- those are the types of things I want to see. This needs to be a hot start for this Michigan State team. Otherwise, that's going to indicate how much Saturday freaking meant to you. And, I mean, that's going to be an indictment on the entire season. And I, am I out of line in saying that? No, I think that's fair. I, I I mean, if I don't see any adjustments on the defensive side of the ball, then, I mean, I've talked about this before. Uh, I know you're not a big Twitter guy, but uh, I had some things to say about Scotty Hazleton last Saturday. Never I'm kind of getting – yeah, I think I'm getting to the point where uh, – if they get shredded again, I'm done. I I I I I can't I can't watch uh, wide receivers get a ten yard release off the line of scrimmage and just have like that's just insanity. I don't know how you can do that, especially with an you like you know Michael Penix Jr. is gonna he's not gonna they're not gonna throw the deep ball a ton. They're just gonna dink and dunk because that's what he does. And they didn't make any adjustments. I mean, let me ask you this. Because I heard this brought up on another show. Um, because I vividly remember after two seasons wanting another certain defensive coordinator gone. And he ended up leading the best defense pretty much in the nation for three, four years um, before he kind of fell off. Uh, and then he ended up taking a coaching job at Pitt. Is there a chance that we're just not giving Scotty Hazelton enough time? I don't think so because he's not adjusting his scheme to fit his players. In my opinion, at least. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the biggest X's and O's guy, but I mean, I've listened to people, I've talked to people to know more about X's and O's than me. And yeah, it's just like. He, it, what I know, Mel said it. Well, it wasn't the scheme's fault. I know he said it at the press conference, but they're running the wrong scheme though to to face somebody like Washington. Like it, it just seems like common sense. Like I said, did not give a free release off the line of scrimmage and play six, seven yards off the ball. That doesn't make any sense because you know what they're gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna try and dink and dunk. 
And and like they left the field, the middle of the field wide open on multiple third downs. Our tight end had a free run. It was just, I I, I think that at some point because I, if if you get shredded to the point where you're the worst secondary in the country last year, you don't really see much improvement. Then yeah, somebody's got to get fired. Sorry. Yeah, and you know one one other thing that I don't think was taken into consideration when I heard that, but I just want to get another opinion is the transfer portal makes it easier to get guys to fit your scheme. That's a good point. And look, ideally speaking, a 4-2-5 in a spread offense era should be more effective than a 4-3 or 3-4, ideally speaking. But if you don't have the guys to run it, you've got right. to fix that. And and they don't. They don't. They currently do not. They don't have the athletes that, that are on that system. Well, look – Tucker, among saying he's a horse expletive coach, um, you know, he, he said some other things at his press conference, and I, you know, we didn't dive in, I didn't dive into that because it happened Tuesday. You know, I dropped our, my uh, disappointment on Monday. Um, but uh, he said there's going to be personnel changes. What does that mean to you? Like, what, what were some of the things be- that popped up in your head? I, I, I like players are going to be they're gonna, they're, they're going to open up I think more competition for playing time because I think it was what he's getting at I don't think they're going to change the scheme which I guess you really can't in the middle of the season can you unless well against Washington and I know this was oh well they let their foot off the gas blah 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 Penix's efficiency in the second half went down drastically and one thing that you know i didn't look i'll i'll admit on my review show i wish because i was like why don't we mix things up i kept hearing all this crap all off season about multiple 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 um you know all that type of stuff oh yeah we'll run some three four four three we'll mix it up blah 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 and i said we didn't see it well look i was in a fit of rage when i was ranting and raving i'm not gonna lie yeah on monday morning at like 6 a.m., I was still just completely angry about what happened on Saturday. But they ran some 4-3, and Penix's efficiency dropped dramatically. Is I'm thinking that may be part of what he's referring to. I'm thinking another thing he might be referencing is we might see some Ronald Williams because Ronald Williams does have the scheme down. And we saw that last year. Yes, people still caught 10-yard curls on him, but he was on the ball. You know, it was a situation where he was on the ball. He got to his man right away. The guy didn't catch it, turn around, you know, take a survey of the situation and then get another three yards before Amir Speed said, oh, wait, I'm here too. I, I I have been surprised I haven't seen as much Ronald Williams. I, like you said, I mean, yeah, he'll get beat on the short plays, but he doesn't really get beat deep that much. Um, but, yeah, honestly, I didn't watch the entire second half because I was to the point where I was like, this is making me so angry. If I keep watching this, I'm going to do something dumb. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I really hope – I kind of do hope that he can change the scheme because especially uh, – but to be fair, other than Stroud, are we going to see another a better quarterback than Penix all year? I, I don't think so. That that was another thing that kind of came to my mind. And one other personnel change, 
Justin White over Chester Kimbrough, please. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Because that that was another change they made in the second half, and again you saw like I said, he, you saw the efficiency. He, so I don't know if you. And I'm sure you listened to his post game press conference, but he uh, no, I think it was his Monday presser. He kind of alluded to Kimbrough being a weakness that Washington took advantage of, but didn't specifically mention him. Yeah, I don't think he had to. (laughs) (laughs) Their first three plays were targeted towards him, and here's the thing is, Western tried it with a quality receiver, and it didn't work, so I thought Kimbrough may have turned that page. But, look, I mean, it, it is what it is at this point, you know? It, it's Justin White's job, I think, and that that that's a kid who look the way he's played. He's not to steal a Gus Johnson line from the game where I first realized who this kid was. Look, he's kind of been shot out of the cannon the way he's been playing. He's been doing a good job in that nickel back spot. So, I that's another thing that I would like to see. Uh, the the offense is difficult to kind of judge where they should be, to be completely honest, because Peyton Thorne looked angry, and I absolutely loved it. I remember he walked off sideline after a touchdown. Someone reached out for a high five, and he walked right through him. I don't know if it was – may have been Kendall Brooks or something. He just walked right through him. He he didn't care. He, he was on a mission. I absolutely loved it. And I cannot believe people are still dogging oh Peyton Thorne. Oh, my God. The, the, and this is why I hate the Michigan State fan base. But that being said, hey, I mean, he's fixed, right? I mean, we, we got to talk about the first two weeks. Find, he looked more than fine to me on Saturday. And it was funny because people were complaining, well, he didn't do anything in the first quarter. They ran six total plays on offense. What the hell is he supposed to do? Well, in the place that they ran, let's see. Uh, One was a safety. It's a third and short, and Broussard runs the wrong way on a stretch play, and then Broussard falls face first in the end zone on his own volition. Peyton Thorne has no control over that. And then throughout the course of the game on third and three, they kept running on third and three. And I get you want to do that with Kenneth Walker just to open up your entire playbook last year. You can't do that anymore. It's Peyton Thorne's ball on third and three, period. Yeah, it took them too long to figure out they need just straight up abandon the run. Um, I mean, I, and hey, uh, the, it looks like Peyton and, the, and Keon fixed whatever the hell was going on the first two weeks. Cause, uh, I thought that you know they, they looked like they were on the same page almost that entire game. So that's definitely a positive, especially yeah. if Reed cannot go. If Reed can't go on Saturday, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's just a weird situation where he's a. Uh, I mean, he just seemed too likely to play last Saturday. That I don't think he's sitting out two weeks. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean. Right. The the Henderson situation may be a little while. Jacob Slade, we know nothing about. So that that's kind of where we're at as far as the injuries go because Mel Tucker ain't going to tell nothing nobody. So, look, you, I mean, you talk about abandoning the run. Let me ask you one question because I brought this up. I don't know. Did you hear my show on Monday? I have not listened to it yet, but okay, I will kick be rocks. sure to. Um, 
But I I brought up one thing, which is, you know, you talk about abandoning the run. Should we abandon Jarek Broussard for Elijah Collins? Because Collins looked okay on last Saturday. He looked like the only guy who could create holes and, you know, make his own way. You know, I kind of thought about that. I, I think Broussard's got – I mean, his upside's big, but he made some – I think I don't think he can play any worse than he did on Saturday. Like honestly, because he's just—I mean, he literally fell in the end zone for a safety. Did he play any worse? Because he, he looked good the first two weeks. I guess it was mediocre competition, but uh, I, I I I don't want to abandon him yet. I, I feel like you got to kind of see what he can do this week. That being said, I th- I think Collins needs a more run time. I put him see, in I, third downs. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't have a problem with that. Yeah, he he's he's earned it to me. But he's one of those guys who look. He's run impress. He's been impressive this year in very limited action, but he stuck it out when he honestly probably should have left when K nine was announced a starter. Um. And then Jordan Simmons was ahead of him on the depth chart. Collins took that spot back. Uh, look, I don't know if you necessarily make him a number two, but you make him a heavy three, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you at least make him a third down guy. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, look, we I mean we we talked about those personnel changes. We talked about uh, all those other things that come with an embarrassing loss. The spread opened, I think, one and a half. Michigan State was laying a point and a half. They're now getting three points. Uh, what do you got happening Saturday? Uh, I said uh, – <laughs> because I, I – so I'm, I'm on my picks this year on my show, I'm like 10 and 20. So I said uh, MSU is going to lose just for reverse jinx, jinx reason. <laughs> I'm taking out. So, uh, give me Minnesota 24-21. So, Michigan State still covers. So, you're still yeah. technically taking I, Michigan State. I guess, yeah. It, what is it, three now? It was three last time I looked. Yeah. So, they're pushing. Yeah. Yeah, they're pushing. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they still get you your money back at least. Right. Give me Michigan State, man. I... I think they are going to come out, like I said, just completely angry about what happened. And if they don't, then they don't have a soul. Which is funny because I thought the ginger kicker left last year. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I look. If you don't, if you don't have the ability to fight through what you saw on Saturday, you don't have the ability to fix things. Like I said, we saw a little bit of four three. I think we're going to see a lot of it against Minnesota. Um, you have the depth of linebacker, even without you know, my favorite player in the world uh, throughout the rest of the season, Darius Snow. Uh, you've, you've got guys like Brule who we haven't seen a ton of, but he was, I mean, I heard, and I don't know if this is true. Obviously it's not holding true anymore uh, that Brule had like a second round grade. Uh, you moved Winman up. Maybe you move him back a little bit and you uh, let guys like Chris Bogle who's played well, you know, occupy that defensive end spot in the four three, and then you can have Winman as a roaming linebacker. Um, you know, you can have him get up to the line a little bit, and you can essentially run a, you know, a five two take 
and let Cal Halliday go up against Roan. I think that's a good thing for Michigan State. I don't know if Tanner Morgan – look, he's going to be efficient against Michigan State because he's efficient against everybody and who couldn't be efficient against what the Spartans present on the back end. I don't think that he can completely take over the game, though, and uh, Minnesota is going to need to. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, give me Michigan State 27-23. I hope you're right and I'm wrong because I've been wrong a lot this year. So here we go. Let's hope I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah, but uh, look, we'll obviously come back and dissect that on Monday and uh, we'll see what what the situation is in regard to is it time to just look forward to a new defensive coordinator in the new season. Uh, but because – Look, the one the one thing that's going to be set in stone over the course of the next few years, Mel Tucker's still going to be the coach, and Payne Thorne's still going to be the quarterback. I think ev- everything else, you look at the age of everybody and when these guys are going to leave. Uh, look, it's going to be Payne Thorne and Mel Tucker at least for one more year, and at the very least, I I want to see that have as much success as we think Peyton Thorne's going to be able to have in East Lansing, but that's on the play calling on offense too, because that needs to be rectified as well. The scheme on offense, I don't think does, but the play calling needs to be. I think Jay, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously it helps when you have a best player in America. Yeah. Generational type running back. But I, I, I thought, I think he's done all right this year, but I, the, the Washington game, he was bad. I mean, running the just not giving up the run earlier was just the death toll for this team. Uh, along with you know the defense not being able to cover anybody, but uh, from everything I've seen, Jay Johnson has a pretty good rep. So I, I would guess that he, I, I think he'll be okay and he'll figure it out. But we'll see. I, Scotty Hazelton's a different story to me. Yeah, like I said, running the ball on third and three when you're getting stuffed over and over, it's like ramming your head against a brick wall, which I'm pretty sure Jay Johnson did uh, last Saturday morning. So hopefully he's hopefully he's concussion clear and he clears protocol and he's able to call a solid game on Saturday. But Ryan, what's coming up uh, with uh, the Lions pod? We're doing. Um, we're going to talk the Commanders game, preview the Vikings game, and Mike and I have decided we're going to start making. Uh, Three games where we pick against the spread, so we do the Lions game and then two other games. All right. Well, if if Ryan ends up losing you guys money, like I said, you can also check out the Cover Three podcast. Fade, fade me, <laughs> fade my picks. You'll make money. Uh, but uh, yeah, or you can check out the Cover Three podcast, and you can make just as much money uh, with uh, me and Nate. Also on the Great Lakes Sports Network. But, yeah, lots of good stuff coming, man. I'm excited about this uh, venture that we're going on. and uh, should uh, be a pretty good deal. But, Ryan, hey, thanks for uh, coming in. I know you appreciate it. Any last words for Boborowski? Goodbye. Don't come back ever again. You know what? Once I said it, I was like, oh, this is going to go down a very, very dangerous path for someone who – at least tries to keep the show peachy. So I appreciate you cleaning it up for me. Hey, uh, I, I, I'll do it for you, buddy. Just for you. If it was on my show, it would have been different. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that does it on uh, Great Lakes Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast. For Ryan McCumber, I'm Tyler Hayward.